Hello and welcome to the Marketing That Matters podcast, casual conversations for purpose-driven women. Each week we'll talk about what's grabbed our attention, productivity hacks making our life easier, and chat about a purpose-led brand. Welcome back to the podcast. It's our first episode for 2021. We are so excited. Very, very excited. This week we are talking about the top seven digital skills you're going to need to know for this year. Alicia is talking about Gary V and the conversation he had with a high level exec at Samsung. And how she answered a question about being a mum and during COVID and having a high powered job. And we weren't very happy about it. Yes. Stay tuned. Our purpose-led brand this week is Swell. We discuss the reusable water bottles that was founded in 2010 and it has just done incredibly. So what's got my attention this week? I read an article from ADMA, which is the Association for Data-Driven Marketing and Advertising, called the Top 7 Digital Skills for Marketers in 2021. I thought this was very apt for our first episode of the year. The seven skills they talk about are customer journey mapping, which we absolutely love, which shows every touch point the customer has with your brand. The second one was digital strategy. The third one was channel planning, like we talked about in episode six um, and the way to understand each channel and their differences. Number four was data literacy, which is finding insights and making them actionable. Number five was social media and understanding the core areas of social media. Number six was content about what your customers want to hear. And number seven was actually voice-enabled devices and search and how to develop a strategy for voice. What got my attention about the article was the part about social media. They say there are three core areas within social media that are really important. The first is content, creating engaging posts that capture audience attention. Then there's listening and data analytics, pulling important insights that inform content creation. And finally, there's community management, providing frontline customer service. I think we've talked about this a lot, Alicia, that a lot of businesses start an account on a social media platform because they feel like they have to be there and then they actually don't use it. But people will try and find them there and contact them there for customer service and they're nowhere to be found. Yes. Do you find the same thing? Yeah, exactly. I think um, it's interesting when you look at businesses and how they're set up, who's got access to the social media and often the people that have access actually are the ones that don't know how to respond about the service or product. Yes, 100%. And there's and there's just this disconnect as if they sit in complete opposite areas of the business, um, the person that actually should be responding to the to the customer but for some reason, they're not connected through the platform because they're not a marketer, yes. but they're very knowledgeable on the product or service. Yes. I think that's a key insight for businesses. If you're going to set yourself up on a social media platform, make sure you're prepared for it to be a customer service channel, mm. whether that's providing some training for staff members to be on social media or the staff members who are already on social media to be trained in customer service or vice versa. Yeah, I think... Um, from the top down, if they're listening to look at it as three, as this article talks about, as three different areas of tackling your social media to make it worthwhile for your business to even put it in, the, put money and time into it in the first place, content creating and engaging the post, sure, that can sit in marketing. But then when it comes to actually doing the audience, um, generating the community feedback, well, that needs to be 
with someone who actually knows what to say, not not giving it to someone who has yeah little understanding and someone will get back to you. Like let's yeah. respond in real time. Yes, I know. It really gives people an insight into your business, a customer, when they look at your social media platform and see how long it takes you to respond to people. Like yeah. I, I've been on a few businesses on, you know, the, a Facebook page, for example, and if there's a comment there that hasn't been responded to within 24 hours, I really doubt that I'm going to get great service from them. Mm. So it really reflects um, what you do on social media, really reflects how your business, how your business treats their customers, basically. Yeah. I want to go back and talk about those seven digital skills, though. Um, was there anything in that that you were surprised by or hadn't seen before? Like, you know, this is a 2021 digital article. Um, what, what we should know as marketers for digital, uh, digital marketing in 2021, was there anything there that you thought, oh, that's interesting? The voice. Me too. Yeah. Um, everything else I thought was, um, quite standard yes. and I think everyone's moving in that direction anyway, but the voice devices yeah. and actually another thing for us. <laughs> I know another thing to worry about, but I think it's good just to keep in the back of your mind. I think it might lend itself well to some businesses, for example, like Uber Eats and they can say, then you'll be able to say, Hey Google, order me my favorite dinner tomorrow night or something like that. So I right, think right. some businesses it might lend itself really well to, but I still think it's only for the bigger businesses at the moment. Like I can't see small businesses being able to utilize that voice technology as much just yet. Right. Yeah, I, that is definitely something I'll need to look into because um, I don't have that skill of being able to do that for a business. Um, so yeah, I, I'm interested as to what is required and what platforms you can incorporate it, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, well, I think it's only just going to get bigger and bigger, so we'll find out more and more. Yeah, exactly. Um, I definitely know that like my TV can do it, but I've never used it because I buy accident and press the button sometimes. Um, which leads well into our next topic, actually, because it's a Samsung TV. <laughs> Very true. Just before we move on, the other one that I found interesting was content. And I think some people forget to base your social media content on your customers' needs. And this article just reinforces that. Alicia and I always say to base your content on what your customer wants to hear, not what you want them to hear. So they say in the article, being able to develop an effective content strategy and plan that focuses on customer needs at each touch point of their journey is critical for engaging customers. So I think it's just reinforcing that's something that we say all the time. True. I find that I will sit in a boardroom, oh gosh, nearly every other time this comes up about us just making sure that the brand looks back at what they're posting and why is it because you want to say something because you want to show them you're doing something or are you saying it because they need to hear it because they want to hear it there's just this i think there's just too much of people flying their own flag rather than actually adding value for adding your customers. value yeah and and okay you want to fly the flag but there's clever there's better ways to do that yeah in a way that you can actually add value at the same time. Yeah. I think in everything you're posting on social media, ask if in some way that's adding value to your customers. Mm-hmm. And if it's not, probably don't post it. Exactly. Um, there was something else before we move on as well um, about the two skill sets um, for a digital marketer. Um, firstly, and that you don't have to have both. There can be a different person that does both. The first is being able to develop the strategy that will be enable enabled by technology so from a strategic thinking point of view which might be a different type of person most likely than the person that knows the technology so thinking and understanding the customer to an in-depth knowledge and the and how the martech stacks capability um i looked into what martech meant 
was um, going to say, what can you explain, please? Yeah, marketing. MarTech, for definition, because I feel like we're going to see this come up a lot, is marketing technology. So it's the term for the software and tech tools marketing's marketers leverage to plan, execute, and measure marketing campaigns. So the suite of tools a company leverages is called the MarTech stack. Right. Hmm. So we might start using that word as well. Yeah. Um, the second, he says, is all about the technology itself. It's about the operating of the platform, getting them the performance they need, and um, essentially using all the the hyped tools around technology and making sure you're leveraging it best for your own company. So I think they they are. If someone can do both the strategy and the tech, but not but as the company grows, it, it is definitely mm. a unique skill set for both people. Yeah, definitely. And I think if you're a small business, possibly the strategy and stuff is probably what is probably an in-house thing. And then those people that know how to use that technology sometimes might be need to be external. Yeah. And yeah, you just need to look at what your own time is worth Mm. and what what your skill sets are. Exactly. So if you're finding that you're, you're struggling and, and um, fiddling your way around the tech, it might, and taking a lot of your time, you might be better off using that time on your business and looking for someone that is just at a digital marketer that just um, focuses on pushing your Facebook ads, you know, performance or your Instagram ads. And you could possibly produce more product in that time or whatever it is your business is. So what's got my attention this week is a podcast on the Gary V audio experience with Samsung's VP of integrated marketing, Grace Dolan. It got my attention as I'm genuinely interested in tech companies and their user experience only because um, they are, they seem to be just ahead of the time. I often get surprised at what they bring out and think, gosh, were we supposed to know that this technology was around? So I'm often interested then also as those that are sitting in their marketing team because they have this, what I would think has futuristic um, um, understanding of what consumers' behavior would be. And therefore, I like listening to what they've got to say because um, they are always thinking about that futuristic behavior and that's Mm. something that I don't want to fall behind on. Yeah, and they always seem to be a bit ahead of the curve than the the market in general. Yeah, Yeah. and if anything, probably too futuristic. But, you know, at the end of the day, what what we've seen has all happened. So. Um, in terms of being able to say, hey, Alexa, you know, do this or that, um, everything that they have proposed has come to fruition. So what she talks about is she says um, COVID happened because people weren't traveling out and people and, and people weren't going to entertainment. They were, weren't using the gym. They were using all of their technology at home to, for the fitness and for the entertainment. Um, it took the classroom, it brought the classroom in-house and there was a call to service, a reminder of the, their purpose to create technology to help people. So the coolest thing we launched was the outdoor TV to create an additional space within your space. So they jumped on um, how they could launch a new product to, I, I guess, um, capitalize on everyone being at home. And so they made an outdoor TV and they were going to launch it, but they just brought it forward a little bit. She also says, we've been doing this connected home thing for years. It's all going to blow up and the, and the incremental little lines are going to go away. And then everything is going to be connected, changing the roles of TV completely. It's not just about finding a show to watch on a Friday night. Um, maybe it's about meditating on your TV, through your TV. Maybe it's about doing fitness through your TV. You don't have to just sit and watch the TV. It's talking about how the different um, technologies have changed what their stereotype was, I guess. 
Jade, what did you think about this um, podcast? Yeah, I love what she said about um, the TV now our universal guide will offer all of that. And it offers, it'll offer various genres of content and various levels of ways that you will interact with that content. And yeah. I thought that was really fascinating because mm. I think I still only view a TV as a TV yeah. and um, the connectivity, I think with everything is still a bit of an issue. Like it's still, totally. it's not seamless. It's not easy. Mm. So the fact that that is where they're definitely looking mm. um, is interesting. Um, I still think we're a fair way away from that but it's um it's good to keep in the back of your mind in terms of what could possibly change in the future yeah definitely mm. as she talks about you know your smartwatch is connected to your phone that's connected to your headphones it's connected to your ipad are they connected to your speaker <laughs> it all sounds so difficult actually <laughs> and so she's pretty much just saying all the little lines of things that aren't essentially will be mm. um what i also liked about her is um she spoke about some of the successes they've had which was um, an, uh, a campaign she did last November, which would, I'm talking 2019 November, sorry, um, with Ryan Reynolds. They were promoting a, a movie with Netflix. They had paid for a sponsorship for Six Underground and Ryan Reynolds was in the movie, but they didn't have the money to include him in the promotion of the TV ad. So they were thinking, how do we, how do, we do this? How do we sell a TV, a promoter TV, promote a movie and hopefully get Ryan Reynolds in it. So they offered Ryan Reynolds a spot within their spot to advertise his gin. So, so he owns a gin company, which he um, became um, owner of in 2018 or got a share of in 2018. And the gin is called, and the gin is called Aviation American Gin. So he, if you watch the spot, I'll put the link in the show notes, but he, it's really funny actually. Well, I think it's funny. Um, they, they are recording the Samsung ad, you know, promoting the the Netflix movie with Ryan Reynolds, and then just in between the while the movie is playing, his ad pops up, and then the producer pretty much comes in and says, "Hey, hey, what's going on?" And he said, "Oh, I bought a spot within this spot." And she said, "Oh, to promote your gin." He goes, "Yeah, to promote my gin." So it's just a bit of a a laugh. For, um, and look, to be honest, it did really well. She talks about it got over one million views in a day. That's amazing. So mm. that's a successful campaign there, yeah. and um, they didn't have to pay the bucket loads for Ryan Reynolds. They were able to. Smart. Yeah, mm. it was really smart. So. Um, I've actually saw an article that Ryan Reynolds has sold that gin company now though for 610 million this August. Not bad. Not bad. I know. know. (laughs) Successful company. Of course, anything Ryan Reynolds touches, I'm sure. She should be asking for a cut of that, right? (laughs) I know. Exactly. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a good little, um, listen, she, he, he, and Gary V asked a great question, but I'm a little, I was a little bit disappointed at the, um, at the, at the interview techniques, to be honest, on this about the being a mum, did you? Yes, yeah. I was like, I thought he did ask a great question, but I was a bit um, disappointed um, with her answer me because too. I felt like, as a woman in this position that she's in, she had a chance to really speak to a lot of women who are working at are trying to work, especially in America, working at home with kids. Yes, um, which would be very, very difficult. And I felt like she just kind of said. Um, that it's easy almost. I and I was like, well, surely it's, I'm sure it's not. Um, I know. I, but, was, yeah. I just felt that um, I actually thought, I don't think it was her fault. 
I think it was more the interview interview questions that I yeah was all of just a sudden wanting... it was talking all about tech and then all of a sudden he just asked her a very personal question yes and so yeah exactly so how that how it changed which I think is Gary V's technique yeah. anyway like he is a bit all over the place and he even says it in there like I'm sorry I know that I'm coming from completely yeah. left field but that aside even the follow up so to give you context Grace then talks about having three kids at home um, seven five and two. So we're not even talking kids that are, you know, two-year-old. That is hard work. So I I just sort of wanted her to talk about either how she does it. Like we know there's no way you're parenting a two-year-old and working a 40-hour week with being productive. Like you need to have – so how does she do it? Does she have a nanny full-time? Mm-hmm. And how do you do that in COVID? Yeah. Does she have to yeah. live with your family? Yeah. Like yeah. I just wanted a bit more on yeah. how does that work? Does your husband not work? That's fantastic. Yeah. Or do – you know, what is it? Yeah. How do you do it? Yeah. And there just wasn't there. And I was almost just, yeah, screaming for it. All right. I agree. I, agree. I do want to say though, I think um, in the past I've said how much Gary Vee talks in his own interviews when he's interviewing someone and he did quite well in this one. She had a lot to say and he let her say it, which was fantastic. Our purpose-led brand this week is Swell Reusable Water Bottles, founded by Sarah Kaus who has retained 100% ownership of the company. Swell launched in 2010 after Kaus invested 30000 of her own money to start up the company. She managed every part of the business herself, including going door-to-door to retailers to pitch them to carry her product. Swell was founded with the intention to rid the world of single-use plastic drink bottles, as well as to make a drink bottle you would be proud to leave on the table. She, I read an article where she had um, was using reusable drink bottles, but she was embarrassed by it. It just didn't look nice, and she felt embarrassed about having on the table at meetings and things so that's what came up why she came up with the idea plus also um to stop one use plastic what do you think of this um the purpose of what do you think the purpose of swell is jade um what we just said i guess yeah i think yeah i was just gonna say you summarized it really well to rid the world of single-use plastic bottles Um, on their website they say every swell purchase counts towards displacing millions of plastic bottles and also helps us pledge millions of dollars to organizations that help communities around the world at Swell, we hoped to be a spark for change, the inspiration to live a little more sustainably in an unsustainable world. And I think that's fantastic. It's obviously, their purpose is obviously directly related to the product, which is amazing. I'm just a bit worried the purpose is getting a little bit lost. If you go on their website and stuff, it's all just the product. And if they want to rid the world of plastic bottles, perhaps there's more they could be doing in this space rather than just selling a product. Um I don't want to sound too negative because obviously they're trying to encourage change, which is great, but they're still selling a product to people. And I feel like, is there more they could be doing in that space with, you know, is it education or something like that in Mm. order to, to Mm. help, um, with that purpose rather than just selling the product. Does that make sense? Like some more actionable effort behind it rather than just, okay, we've sold someone a water bottle and you're just going to hope that they use that and stop using plastic water bottles. Do you know what I mean? Definitely. And they did have something interesting on their Instagram where it was like bottle equals change or something. And I looked at that and thought, wow, this is, there's something in this for, um, and I'm not saying the full bottle. Uh, we completely understand. We, you can't give our whole $33 or whatever the cost is to those needing water. But if there was a campaign strong enough and showed me that, say, 50% of the drink bottle, so, you know, it was filled up 50%, whatever it is, went to helping 
I would 100% go to think, remember, firstly, remember the brand. Secondly, be more inclined to buy. Mm. And therefore, that's just a stronger campaign to me than pretty colors. Yeah. I understand there's always the, uh, the aesthetically pleasing aspect, but what's the percentage of showing aesthetically pleasing products versus purpose? Yeah. And I think they do say that they're a proud partner of UNICEF and what they've committed to that cause to help provide clean and safe water, which is amazing. But I feel like that is, that's different to their purpose. Providing clean, safe drinking water for those vulnerable communities that need it is different to the change and sustainability that they're trying to do with the water bottles. True. Yes, the water aspect's related, but I feel like if your purpose is about ridding the world of single-use plastic bottles, what they're doing with UNICEF is different to that. Mm-hmm. So perhaps some of their efforts, I'm not saying don't donate to UNICEF, but is should some of their efforts be focused on, again, education and change around mm. people not using mm. single-use plastic bottles versus something that's not directly related to their purpose. True. Or even, if that's in addition to that, then great. Yeah, even if um, incorporating, and look, they might have done this, but incorporating the fact that the way they provide this water is let, less plastic as well. And I don't know if that's too much of an ask. Mm, that's a good point. Yeah, But like even yep. just having some education around that, and I know that, you know, the most important thing is getting the water to these people. Yeah. But how is it being done and whether or not the plastic is is, – is it being done in a sustainable way um, yeah, for yep. these pl- – and, mm-hmm. like, I, I hate to think that what I'm saying can come across as if don't do it or yes. that we don't want to be associated with then getting water to them because it's plastic bottles. Yes, but correct. But I would – I want to know about that if that, that – that's that's where coming having a clear purpose and then what you're associating with can be conflicting because, mm. yeah, you need to make sure that that purpose is – is the main drive. A lot of businesses might get caught in that trap where someone might have approached you from UNICEF and of course you're going to go, yeah, that sounds like an amazing cause. I'm going to help with that because we want everybody to have that kind of inclination. But that's where as a business owner, you probably just have to be, is this directly related to my purpose and make it more actionable in some way? Like you said, can we make that charitable thing that we're doing more sustainable in some Mm -hmm. way? Um, possibly not. We obviously don't know the logistics behind all of that kind of stuff. Um, but it's just a way to keep it on track with your purpose. Otherwise it can get, otherwise look at the campaign I thought of was completely miss, um, was completely unrelated to the purpose. Yeah. The, the campaign of how much water, um, how much of the drink bottle gets donated to people needing water. Yeah. And that to me was a strong campaign, but yeah, it's different to what their, their main purpose is and it can get, uh, and if you think about it, if it's getting confusing for a marketer, what is the consumer seeing? Yeah, exactly. And therefore, are they? Um, is it going to be easy for your marketing moving forward if you've got all these different types of messages? So yeah, and I think for a brand, they've got a lot of um, really emotional, um, really emotional stories behind their brand in terms of what they're doing in UNICEF and in terms of what their purpose is. But I felt like their their overall brand and socials lacked quite a bit of personality in that area. Like it, mm. it lacked a lot of emotional connection. Mm. Like all their social posts were very product focused, no offense, but a little bit boring. There was really no way to get the emotional connection mm. over for Swell over another bottle brand. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're doing some great things. So I feel like 
um, they could probably do more in the way of telling those stories in order to create that bit more of an emotional connection between the brand and the consumers. Yeah, I think they're doing everything right in a looks-wise. Yes. Like it, in a marketing... It's very aesthetically pleasing. Yeah, it looks it looks nice. If it, And I think I read something about Sarah talking about wanting to be a... or liking to hear that she's a brand that people um, aspire to have. She liked that because I think it was coming across. She got ridiculed at one point that saying, "Oh, it's a um, now it's a what's the word? High end? Yeah, high end product. Yeah, it's definitely it's not a cheap water bottle. So no. you need to give a reason a, a yes. reason for people to purchase it. Yeah. So do you want me to just tell you how she? Um, can I just tell you how she got founded? Pretty much because she was doing the door to door sales, as I said in my intro. But then she um, had her water bottle featured in the O magazine in 2010 or 2011 the Oprah's Oprah's in 2011 so after doing the 2010 which is pretty quick from in a year she got her water bottle featured in the O magazine and things just went gangbusters (laughs) amazing Mm. if only we all get featured in Oprah magazine I know exactly the when you're looking on their Instagram, they have done some charitable, like a few different charitable things, and they've got um the frontliners. They've got a little tab there that says frontliners, and they've distributed over a million dollars worth of drink bottles to the frontliners for COVID. Wow, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah, so they are definitely a brand that lives for making making a difference, and it's very apparent. But I think that for a brand that is does seem to be like. They're doing the right things in the background, obviously, because we're hearing bits and pieces. But I do think that as an overall, as an overall, they can push it further. Yep. I agree. As to what we see. What I wanted to recommend this week is called SciHub. It's perfect for university students or those who like to read journal articles. They provide a free PDF of journal articles that you can't normally access without a subscription. You can advertise on Spotify and it's actually very cost-effective, $250 minimum a month. If your brand is aiming at a younger demo, then you need to look into it. It's a lot cheaper than Facebook and Instagram and you might have overlooked it. That covers it for this week. Make sure you leave us a review or follow us on Instagram at marketing that matters pod we love a chat thanks for listening to the marketing that matters podcast